This episode of The Minimalists is brought to you by nobody, because advertisements suck. The Minimalists. <laughs> Every little thing you think that you need. Every little thing you think that you need. Every little thing that's just feeding your greed Oh, I bet that you'd be fine without it Hello, fellow simpletons. Welcome to the Minimalist Podcast, where we discuss what it means to live a meaningful life with less. My name is Joshua Fields Milburn. And I'm Ryan Nicodemus, and together we are the Minimalists. Let it go. Let it go. <laughs> Man, we were doing karaoke with that the other night, you know, the Frozen song. Oh, yeah. And Ella, we, we turned on the, um, the Let It Go Frozen. Car- so they have karaoke versions of it because oh, there's karaoke you. of everything on YouTube. Like on, yeah, on YouTube, I'm sure. Yeah. And she is just mesmerized with karaoke now. <laughs> but today we are going to talk about letting go. Letting go of sentimental items, letting go of junk, letting go of anxiety and stress, mm. letting go of anything. That harms our well-being or interrupts our peace. Mm. I thought this was the perfect place to start, Ryan. You know, we've got minimalist.org. That's our 100 local meetup groups. There's also the online meetup group where thousands of people post different things and encourage others to live a meaningful life with less. And uh, this post from Jess Ann really stood out to me. She took a picture. I don't know if you saw this, Ryan, but... Her, the quote on this post says, I saw this on the way to work yesterday. Yeah. There are definitely days when I feel like my stuff owns me. <laughs> and you want to describe what's in the photo, yeah, Ryan? Yeah, I did see this. So this is, uh, it's someone bought a new car and you know how it comes with like the license plate frame. And this one came with the uh, piece of paper to go where the license plate goes. It says, proud new owner of human driver, mm. which is, yeah, that's great. And which is funny uh, because... You know, we paid for the car. <laughs> and there's something more there with like, we paid to be owned. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's like when we buy clothes that have an ostentatious logo, There, it's hard to avoid clothes with logos these days. Yeah. But when we are paying for the privilege of advertising someone else's product or service, yeah, it's like, wait, do I get a discount for how big the logo is on this thing? Maybe wow. you, you could you could take a little bit of the, the price off. Anyway, I just thought it was fascinating because how talk about truth in advertising. Yeah. Proud owner of a human. This car yeah. now owns you. Now let's talk about why it might own you and why it's hard to let go of, if that's the, the theme of today. Mm. Well, because... It owns you because now you're making car payments. What is it Dave Ramsey says that I think the average car payment is around $560 a month. And I think the average loan now is somewhere around 70 or 80 months. It's not the 60-month thing anymore. Oh, my People goodness. People are expanding this. In fact, uh, I wrote about it in Love People Use Things, the, the exact um, stats there. I, I'm just, they're just not at the top of my mind right now. But I'll tell you that now you're tethered to that car payment. And of course, a year from now, if you want to sell this Chevy, it looks like it's a Chevy. If you want to sell it, you're going to be upside down, especially with a long loan rate like that, right? Yeah. Because as soon as you drive off the lot, it's 10, 20% gone like that. Yeah. But you're still paying for that 10 or 20%. Right. Well, and then there's other costs too. Maintaining the thing, changing the oil in the thing, cleaning the thing, replacing parts on the thing. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, that's, that's why it ends up owning you is because mm. you take 
more care of that car than that car takes care of you oh. to a large extent. Yeah, I mean, I remember thinking like, oh, if I could just buy the fanciest car when I bought my first Lexus, it was because I was spending so much time in my car every day, driving right. from an exurb into the city. Mm-hmm. And in doing that, what would happen? Well, I realized like, well, I have to work this job so I can pay for this car that will take me to this job that will allow me to pay for this car that will take me to the <coughs> job. And then mm-hmm. it was like maddening. It was like an MC Escher sketch. Yeah. But it was my life. Right. And yeah. I was so tied to that car payment, so much so that it wasn't enough. And so what I do, I went out and got a second and third car payment. But to, there was a point where my wife and I had, had three cars for the two of us. A- anyway, I uh, ended up getting rid of one, going into more debt to get rid of it. How weird is that? Yeah. In order to get rid of this thing, I have to go into debt. Yeah. Because it wasn't worth what I ha- the amount of money I had borrowed mm. in order to purchase the the Land Cruiser or was a, a um, Land Rover mm. that I had. Anyway, th- I saw this other post and uh, this is a little meme here that I disagree with, but it sounds it's what you and I might call a faux fundity. <laughs> so Jordan, I don't know if there's a way to show this on the YouTube version here if you can see that. But Ryan, you want to read this little meme here at the bottom? The hardest decision in life is deciding whether to walk away or try harder. That sounds profound. It right? does sound profound. Especially in relationships. I could see how that, you know, so toxic relationship, should I walk away or should I try harder? So it applies there, but I think it also applies to our stuff. Yeah. Should I walk away or try harder? Well, hmm. I, is this meant to be satire? No, no, it's meant okay. to be inspirational. Mm. And and I like that you said it because you can see through things like that. And, and so you're, you're, you're an acute observer of, of, of these things. So when you see something like that and you're like, that can't be serious, right? Because trying harder mm. is, might be an indication that wa- the only option is to walk away. And here's what I mean by that. Mm. Like, trying harder, what if I were to just change that phrase into like spinning my wheels? Yeah. And then all of a sudden, you know, should I walk away or spin my wheels? Yeah. Of course. And so like it, when I'm thinking about the amount of effort that goes into letting go, well, you and I both know this. Letting go is not something you do. It's something you stop doing. Mm. Letting go actually doesn't require effort. It Mm. requires that we stop the clinging. Right. In a way, right? Yeah. I'm trying to look at this. Like, where would this be a serious... I mean, I don't know. Like, I, like uh, hobbies. It's like sometimes, you know, people get to that point where they're like, am I really passionate about this? Yeah. Or should I just walk away from this? And I think if we're asking that question, mm. it's already been answered. Right. Yeah. Does that make sense? It there, does. there might be a rare exception to that. Yeah, yeah. I think by and large, yeah, I could I could totally see that. Or you just accept that you're mildly interested in it. Like with me and guitar, mm-hmm. I mean, I really enjoy playing guitar. I'm not like crazy passionate about it, but I really enjoy playing. Right. Um, I don't feel like I need to try harder or walk away, mm-hmm. but it's something that like I'm certainly not going to like make a living from or right. do like an open mic night or anything like that. And you're also not even compelled to ask that question like this about guitar playing. Yeah. This question wouldn't enter your mind about guitar playing, but if it enters your mind about holding on to a particular physical item. Uh, Yeah, I totally agree with that. Yeah. Should I try harder to like this item (laughs) or even with a relationship? Uh, But you know, with the relationship piece of it, 
sometimes the problem is us. Like I look at my past relationships and I didn't try hard enough. Uh, and I probably and, and I yeah, I probably walked away in a lot of situations where but I just didn't have the knowledge. I didn't know what to do. Yeah. Um but yeah, you're right. Like when it comes to material possessions, what are you going to do? Try and I'm going to appreciate this more. As soon as you I'm going to give it more sentimentality. Right. Right. As soon as you start saying those things out loud, it mm. really highlights the absurdity yeah. in the clinging. Mm-hmm. The relationship thing is interesting. I'd like to have a, maybe we can save that for the maximal episode over on Patreon this Thursday. Mm. We could talk about the relationship thing because I, I would actually argue that it wasn't about trying in those relationships. We'll leave it at that for now because yeah. we got some really important questions yeah, to sense. get to. Sure. Chris in Boston has a question for us. Boston's very expensive, and I have to move again, and I'm moving into a place I can afford, but it's a lot smaller, and I've been doing the minimalism challenge for a few months now, and I can definitely see a difference, but not a difference that is enough to move into this new place, and I'm finding the pace of doing the minimalism challenge or the minimalism game uh, is very helpful and very good for me. I've tried a bunch of things in the past that haven't worked, but... I'm curious on your thoughts of like getting a storage unit and staying at this pace, ways to maybe pick up the pace without it getting overwhelming. Um, I have to move by April 1st. So Ryan, you're well-versed in moving and even as a minimalist, (laughs) it still kind of sucks in a way, right? Oh yeah. Moving is like one of the worst things. It's funny because I'll have friends, I'll I'll say I'm moving and I have friends who are like, oh, I'll help you move. And I'm I'm always like, you're my friend. (laughs) I want that to continue to be the truth. Right. Like, why would I ever put the burden of moving onto you? <laughs> yeah, I think that works until you're about 29. That's my pa- yeah. That's my passive-aggressive way of saying, uh-huh. when it's time for you to move, don't come to me and ask me to help you move. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm, I'm of the same mind. Now, with Chris's question in particular, what she's saying is, hey, I'm experiencing wonderful benefits from decluttering, from simplifying, from letting go of excess material possessions. It's not happening fast enough. Mm-hmm. Now, you and I have different stories. For folks who have seen Lesses now, mm-hmm. they know that it took me about eight months to radically simplify my life. And Chris is saying, I don't have eight months to get rid of 80, 90% of my material possessions. Mm. I have to move relatively soon. And so I look toward Ryan here and say, well, Ryan's packing, 21-day packing party, you're actually going through this. Ryan's mm-hmm. idea for the packing party was, hey, the time that we are forced to confront all of our things is when we are moving. That's mm. still true even as minimalists. We have to confront all of our things mm. when we are moving. And so the packing party was a way to manufacture that because Ryan wasn't actually moving. Mm. You are moving, so you, by definition, are embarking on a packing party. The key isn't to unpack everything immediately as soon as you get there. In fact, if anything, I love... Chris's idea about the storage unit, Ryan, uh, this is one of the rare cases where I would say a storage unit makes sense. And here's why. Yeah. Tell me why. Because I would put a a deadline on and I would pay in advance. Hey, here's, Mm. here's my 30 day or 60 day storage unit. Pay for the full thing in advance. By the end of that, I'm done. I'm not going to extend this any further. Okay. And then I'm only going to, I would move everything that I'm not certain I'm going to use. So basically only the essentials and the, the absolute uh, non-essentials like a couch or something you know you're going to hold on to. I would move in the the actual move, but everything else, even I was kind of like, ah, I'll probably use that. Going to put it in the storage locker mm. and I'm going to, I'm creating the additional friction mm. because 
those things are owning you right now. And, and for a weird, in a weird way, I want them to own you more for the next 30 to 60 days. Yeah. Because if they own you more, you're going to realize that tug they have on your life. And you're, it's going to compel you to not re-clutter your space in the future. The letting go is important, but the, av- the continuing to, to not cling after you've let, let go is, I think, equally important. So you're saying that if things are in the storage unit, Chris is at her place, uh, and she finds herself basically being like, oh, man, where's that broken waffle iron? I really want that right now. Right. I mean, I know that's probably – she's not keeping broken waffle yeah, but irons. Just waffle but, iron. Maybe yeah, she, waffle iron. Yeah, waffle iron. Yeah. So so it's really – it's kind of like a packing party with additional friction almost. Mm-hmm. Yeah, interesting. Um, a piece of me wants to tell Chris, uh, make a pile – of everything that's going to go in the storage unit, mm-hmm. and that's the pile that you know you need to let go of, because mm. because there all those things in the storage unit are really kind of a just in case thing. Yeah. Um. But I I, I do yeah. I, Chris, we're not here to give advice. <laughs> we're just here to talk about what we would do. Yeah. Uh, personally, I personally I do the packing party because that's what I've done in the past. Uh huh. So I would just forego the storage unit, uh-huh. and I would just. You know, everything that's left over, bring to my place and be overwhelmed by all that stuff and unpack things as I need it. And then, yeah, set a deadline. Um, If you want to create the additional friction with a storage unit, great. Chris, we give you permission to do whatever you want. Yeah, right. I love the idea of, of the, the piles because what you're echoing there, and by the way, Chris, let's send you a copy of The Minimalist Rulebook. Uh, folks listening to this, you can download it for free. The Minimalist Rulebook. I'm sorry, it's theminimalist.com slash rulebook where you can find that. There's also an audiobook version. So Chris, if you want that, we'll send it to you. But there's a few rules in there. And what you can do, because these rules are so tailorable, right? They're, they're not off the rack. And so you get to adjust them. And, and this is one of those cases, usually we, we often tell people, hey, if the 90-90 rule is too strict for you, mm. make it the one-year, one-year rule. That's, sure. But for you, Chris, this might be one of those rare instances where it's like, all right, let's get really aggressive. Is it the 30-30 or 35-35 rule? Whatever it is. Yeah. And you're going to, to make those constraints a little bit more definitive because they're going to serve you in this shortened period of time. But there's one rule in there called the no junk rule. Everything you own can fit in one of three piles. Either It's either essential, truly essential, mm-hmm. or it's non-essential, or it's junk. So essentials, we all have pretty much the same essentials. Mm-hmm. Food, clothing, shelter, education, vocation, transportation. And, and those things are pretty much universal. There's a few exceptions there. But uh, And by the way, don't confuse education with schooling. Don't confuse transportation with a car loan. Mm-hmm. Don't confuse vocation with um with um a job that you hate so so all of those things you know, have caveats as well but set that aside the non-essentials the couch the the dining room table these are things that add value to my life i mm. use them regularly great i don't absolutely need them but they serve me of course move those things with you as well but that third pile is what ryan is talking about here he's talking mm. about that junk pile yeah Ryan and I used to call this the need, want, like list. Mm. And it's it's kind of deceptive because the likes are like, well, yeah, I kind of like that. But it's actually getting in the way. It's not serving you. Right. It, it, and, and so like, yeah, yeah, that, that would be nice in some ideal hypothetical world that doesn't actually exist. But when we're honest with ourselves, we realize like, oh, no, 50, 60, 70, 80 percent of my stuff is junk. Mm. Isn't that hard to admit to? When you were going through the packing party, Ryan. <laughs> yeah. It's like, oh my God, what have I done? Yeah. Well, you know, you have space for it, so you just you fill the space, and that sounds like where Chris is at. And now, 
she's moving into a smaller space uh-huh. and confronted with all that junk that she's collected throughout the years. Um, yeah. Best of luck, Chris. I, I, th- I think I think she, uh, I will say, I, I thought she could double the minimalism game. So mm. maybe on day one, it's one thing. And then on day two, it's four things. And then on day three, it's six things. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, she really needs to like get more momentum. But I'm not just, multiply. Cause I think if you multiplied it, like if you doubled every day, I saw, I thought you were saying it first. Oh, I think right. you end up getting rid of a billion things. Yeah. No, no. You just double the day. So <laughs> I, I guess on day one, it would be two things. I got you. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. 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 Anyway. Um, yeah. But you know, the fact that Chris has already got this momentum going, that's outstanding. Yes. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it's again, we're not here to give advice, uh-huh. but we are here to give you permission to do whatever you want, Chris. And the smaller living space will allow her to not reclutter as easily. Mm-hmm. I was just talking to someone on, mm. I do this little so- solo podcast called minimalism today over on our Patreon, uh, patreon.com slash the minimalists, by the way, every Monday, I just call up someone and we, we just talk about something. And I was talking to this woman about the exact opposite of this. Mm. I moved into a bigger house that made sense. And now I'm afraid that because I feel compelled to fill all the spaces, right? Yeah. We buy a 4,000 square foot house we feel empty if the house is empty. Of course, we're not empty. Mm-hmm. And trying to fill ourselves with, by filling the house is always a fruitless pursuit. And so mm-hmm. it's nice that you're finding an appropriate space for you. Now it's finding the appropriate amount of items to fill that space. Mm. Ryan, what time is it? You know what time it is. It's time for our lightning round where we answer your text messages. You can text your questions and comments to 937 202 Four six five four. Now, One day I'm gonna memorize that number <laughs> instead of having to read it up. Well, it does go to both sheet. of our phones, so I dip in there, dip my toe in the waters occasionally, and answer people's questions. We also answer some on the podcast. Now, during the lightning round, this is where Ryan and I do our best to answer every question with a short, shareable, less than 140 character response. We put the text to these minimal maxims in the show notes, so you can copy and share our pithy answers on social media if you like. Ryan, we got a question here from James. All right. When the amount of your belongings is completely overwhelming, how and where do you even start? Well, here's my mm. pithy answer. Maybe we could talk about it, Ryan. Mm. The why is the starting point. The how is the finish line. Mm. Okay, so I, I, the question has a when in it. It has a how and it has a where, <laughs> right? But mm. the why is the actual starting line. Now, mm. I think you have a piece of the why here. You're overwhelmed. But I think right now you're only intellectually overwhelmed. Yeah. And that's still overwhelming. And so by being intellectually overwhelmed, there's a lot of shoulds. What you're telling yourself is I should simplify. I should let go. Mm-hmm. Letting go isn't prescriptive. Right. Right. If you go outside, Ryan, and you pick up a, a thorny cactus, there's like a it's laying on the ground, you pick it up and it's hurting you. Mm-hmm. You don't need the how to let go of the cactus. Right. You understand viscerally Mm. that you must let go and you simply drop it. Not out of prescription. No one told you, Ryan, you have to drop that cactus. Mm. No, 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 no. that wasn't, that wasn't required. But of course the how to, Ryan, we can, we can talk about some of the how to things about how, how to start or, or when to start, where to start, but always start with the why, how might my life be better with less without this item, understanding that deeply and viscerally the letting go becomes so much easier. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah. It's it's interesting. People are they're just looking for the how to because they are so over, overwhelmed. 
So they want the recipe. It's like, you know, if I wanted to bake a cake, mm-hmm. I would look for the recipe. Sure. Where's the recipe? Um, however, two things. If it was my first cake that I was baking, I'm probably going to screw it up. Mm. So even if I had the recipe, I'm not going to do it correctly. Mm. And then let's say I did it perfectly. I might not. That might not be my favorite flavor of cake. Right. Now I just want to eat cake. Talking about all this <laughs> well, can, cake. Can we extend this analogy a little bit farther, sure. Ryan? Because I, I, I think it's great. Is that if you're truly hungry, mm. the, you're not even going to need the recipe for cake. You're going to find a way to nourish yourself. The sure. cake is... is you know, and, of course, the icing on the cake, as, <laughs> as we say, right? It, it's, it, it's everything else after we've... we've We've done what we need to do. Anyway, I'm sure you've got something pithy for us. Yeah, my pithy answer is this. A life without boundaries is a life without peace. So, James, here's the thing. Is you're overwhelmed because you haven't set up the appropriate boundaries. So, you know, once you get past the why, once you answer that question, how might your life be better with less, you have to get clear on what, you're, on what you want your life to look like. So going back to the minimalist rule book, that'd be a great place to start, James. You can... Uh, adapt for your life uh, those rules you you can you can edit them a little bit mm. um, the rules that we have laid out it's for Josh and I it's not for you per se if you take all of our rules up and you're like these are the perfect rules for me also great that's outstanding you're not mm-hmm. going to get a certificate or anything <laughs> but the key is is like you have to set up some boundaries and then here's the third and most important part I feel is you got to take action mm. if you don't take the action James it doesn't matter what what you know self-help book you read mm-hmm. you have to take action and i think going back to the baking the cake analogy people are scared to start because they're scared of failing mm. they're scared of it not working the way that they intended it to mm. and yeah i guess you know that's my way of just giving james or anyone else out there permission to screw it up start and screw up and learn from it and then start again the, the cake actually really highlights that because no one's really afraid of baking a cake Mm. Right, but when it becomes these higher stake items, like mm-hmm. higher stakes items, like letting go of your stuff, or ending a relationship, or yeah. dealing with sentimental items, mm. I mean, I think about that. Yeah, it's getting rid of some of my mom's stuff. Uh, that produced initially a lot of anxiety and stress and, and overwhelm in me. And, and James is talking about how overwhelming this process is. Baking a cake generally isn't overwhelming. Well, why isn't it overwhelming? It would be if you had never heard of cake before. Yeah. And you had never been in a kitchen before. Sure. If you're some tribal person who was just brought into a kitchen, and you're going to be overwhelmed. Yeah. But it's, it quickly becomes not overwhelming because there is a recipe. And the recipe isn't just the ingredients. There's a sequence of events there as well. And so yeah. things like the Minimalist Rule Book, uh, we give you a, a recipe, and you can adjust it for your own taste. Yeah. By the way, uh, I know this is going to be, we're going to talk more about this on our Right Here, Right Now segment a little bit later on because we have some additional recipes that we would like to share with you. Mm. And before we get into that, before we get into our listener comments and our added value segment today, it looks like we got a bunch more surprise questions this week, like a lot of surprise questions this week. Mm. What is maximalism and when is it better than minimalism? What are some effective ways to stop impulse buying? How do I convince my spouse's family to stop giving us stuff without upsetting anyone? And a million more questions about letting go for the minimalists. And if you want to hear all that, listen to this week's Maximal episode on Patreon. That's right. You're currently listening to our weekly Minimal episode. But each Thursday, Ryan and I record a much longer Maximal episode on the minimalists' 
private podcast. Visit theminimalists.com slash support to subscribe and get your personal link so that our private podcast plays in your favorite podcast app. If you enjoy our show and want to support The Minimalists, this is the only way our podcast earns money. It's cheaper than a cup of coffee and it keeps our show 100% advertisement free. Plus, private podcast subscribers also gain access to hundreds of hours of archives. Ryan, what else you got for us this week? Here are some voicemail comments and insights from our listeners. Check them out. Hey, minimalists. My name is Emma, calling from Mammoth Lakes, California. I recently listened to your episode on social media, and I had a great tip for people who were looking to cut back their use of social media, whether it be for time spent using it or just the fact that getting caught up with social media is taken away from the other things in their life that are bringing them value. Uh, one thing I have done to cut back my use of social media is gone to my settings of my phone and turned off cellular use data for certain apps. So, for example, if I want to cut back my time spent on Facebook, um, I can go to my cellular use area of my settings and turn off cellular data for that app, meaning I can only access that app if I'm attached, uh, uh, sorry, if I'm connected to internet. And I've done this for most of my social media apps um, just because it cuts back how much I use them and allows me to A, save some of my data because I don't like going over and having to spend more money, but also just not using the apps as much as I used to. This is Joe from Dallas, and this was a comment for some parents who uh, have trouble with all the things that their kids have and don't necessarily want to throw away their children's things without permission from their children's or talking to their kids about it. We had a playroom that was exploding with toys, and what we did was we adapted the minimalism game for our kids. And so we asked them what uh, motivated them, and they talked about getting new toys. So we decided we were going to let them do it for a month, and for every number that they got to on their game, we would give them $10 at the end of the month to spend. So the first toy they got rid of, they got $10. And then to get to number two, they'd give away two toys, and they'd be at $20, and then three toys, and so it would be six toys total, and they'd be at 30 just like the minimalism game. Uh, but we didn't go by days. We just let them go as the month went on. My, I underestimated my children. They each got to 13 toys, which was over 90 and really over 100 because they got through, they got rid of some collections of toys, like plastic dinosaur collection would be one toy. And uh, so I owed them $260 to go on a shopping spree. And instead of buying 13 toys each, they, uh, they pooled their money and they bought three toys that they really wanted. And, uh, they, so I traded in 200 toys for three toys, and in one month we really got rid of a big chunk of that playroom. And uh, on a whim, after we went on our shopping spree for the three items, I drew 91 smiley faces on a napkin to show my daughter, and I said, this is how many kids that you made happy this month. And uh, for those that are worried about consumerism or, or teaching their kids that, you know, the the reward for doing well is to go on a shopping spree, uh, when they had a play date a few days later and they brought their friends to their playroom, it wasn't the new toys that they went to. They had kept the napkin and they showed their friends that 
you know, they were so proud of how many kids that they had made happy this month. And uh, we've had it continue to go for the last couple of months. And we have drastically reduced the amount of toys that we have in the house. And the kids have toys that they really, really wanted and that they they, they were invested in because they got to choose them themselves. I hope this helps some families out there. It's been very helpful for us. All right, y'all, for our added value this week, Ryan Jonesy just came out with a new album. Oh, cool. It's called Shiver, the album is. And since we're talking about letting go today, the first song is called Exhale, and some of the lyrics are about letting it go, but it is so, it's powerful. Mm -hmm. And I know we can't play this on YouTube if you're watching this on YouTube, but if you're listening to the audio version, we'll play you out with Jonesy's new song called Exhale. But if you are on YouTube, check out the video for this. It is a gorgeous gorgeous video i mean jordan inspiration for future uh, episodes i mean i don't know how we would actually accomplish what he's done in this video it's rather avant-garde but it is astonishing and the song is so just powerful like i felt it down in my bone marrow about Mm. letting go it's like uh the let it go song from frozen but all grown up and introspective and existentialist in a way Mm. It's Jonesy. It's called Exhale cool. from his album Shiver. Uh, by the way, Ryan, um, this this speaking of exhaling, 2020 was a, a difficult year for a lot of people financially, right? Mm, yeah. Um, and it was certainly a difficult year for us. We had quite a few months. We're going to talk about this on the Maximal episode today. We had quite a few months for the first time, I think, ever, where we were an unprofitable business yeah. last year. Yeah. I think it was nine out of 12 months last yeah. year. Yeah. As a result, and there are a few reasons for that. We'll, we'll get into it on the Maximal episode. Talk Wait a ab- minute. I saw on the internet that we're worth $124 million. <laughs> <laughs> you mean to tell me the internet's wrong? <laughs> I think they misplaced a decimal point in there. <laughs> they just put it at the very, very beginning. Oh, my God. Um, anyway. Yeah, and so we're fine. And In fact, by the way, we, we didn't lay anyone off. Everyone who works with us made sure we, they got paid. Every, every month, even year-end bonuses, everything like that. But we did raise our, uh, we removed our Patreon cap on, we have three tiers of, of patrons for our private podcast. There is the $2 tier, the $5 tier, and the $8 tier. $2 tier is just the private podcast tier. You get the mm-hmm. audio feed for the um, true fans, which is, there's a thousand true fans. That cap is still there. That's the $5 tier. You get live events. You get Ask the Minimalist Anything. And then we have the VIP tier, which is 250 people. That still has a cap as well. Mm-hmm. And so those caps are, are staying in place there. We did re- temporarily remove the cap on our $2 patrons. So if you do want to get in there, now's a great time to do it. I think there's still about 100 spots left on the, the true fan tier as well. If you want a video version of the private podcast, you want a bunch of our archives of live events, they're all in there as well. But on the Maxwell episode today, we're going to talk about some of those money problems that even you and I have when mm. uh, there's uh, an unexpected pandemic. Yeah. Different from an expected pandemic. <laughs> <laughs> and I would argue that this was kind of expected. Ooh. <laughs> yeah. So we're not going to talk about the pandemic necessarily, but we, right. we will talk about some of the financial things that we've done and, and some of the ways that we've been harmed by the mm-hmm. pandemic. There were uh, quite a few ways. I, I count five or six that I wrote down mm-hmm. of ways that we were harmed financially by the pandemic and how we sort of were able to navigate that without any panic, without any worry. Yeah. And we want to thank you if you are one of the podcast supporters because we we are going to keep this 100% advertisement free. That would yeah. be a way for us to quickly be profitable. It's so funny because like when I hear, yeah, it would be. I totally agree with you. And we would never be able to forgive ourselves. Um, <laughs> but, you know, I uh, I 
think about other podcasters who ask for the $2 for the Patreon. And I feel, and I do support a lot of people with a dollar or $2. Um, there's like this thing where I'm like, oh, it's not very much, but mm. being on this end of it yeah, and asking for the two bucks, it is everything, man. Right. It is everything. So, um, yeah, I, uh, if, if you only, if you give us only $2 a month for the podcast and you're, uh, that's all you can afford like that. If you can't afford anything, that's great too. We appreciate you listening, but the $2, it really does go a long way and we can't thank you enough for it. Yes, indeed. Yeah. Thank you so much. Uh, real quick for right here, right now. Here's one thing that's going on in the life of the minimalist on YouTube. We have three seasons. Ryan and I did this series called Living Room Conversations. So if you are a new listener and you have a question, my guess is if you go to our YouTube channel, it's just youtube.com slash the minimalist, we probably answered a similar question. In There's 60 videos there, 60 episodes of Living Room Conversations. Oh, wow. That, that we, you and I did, mm. and we answered a bunch of different questions about simple living, about relationships, about books that were inspirational, about getting out of debt, about budgeting, about minimalism with a family. I did a video with Ella, and uh, the question was, how many toys should a minimalist kid have? Mm. And she answered that question with me. It was super, super cute. She was, this was a, a few years ago mm. that we did that one. Anyway, uh, there's 60 different videos on our YouTube channel called Living Room Conversations, and who knows, we might even get renewed for a fourth season. <laughs> Ryan, <laughs> we'll talk Jordan into it, maybe. Yeah, right. But uh, we had a lot of fun recording those. If you want to check those out, three seasons of Living Room Conversations over at YouTube.com/slash The Minimalist. By the way, our YouTube channel, hundred percent advertisement free. We don't run any pre-roll ads. If yeah. you ever see an ad on our YouTube channel, it means someone has copyright claimed one of our videos and we still work. Like if we put a piece of music accidentally or something plays, that's very rarely happened. It's happened to maybe three of our videos ever, right. but, but we work hard to make sure that doesn't happen because we don't want any ads. Yeah. You already see 10,000 advertisements a day. We don't want to be the ones who, who bring forth 10,001 advertisements to your life. Yeah. You can follow The Minimalist on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at The Minimalist. Come to one of our live podcast shows. Visit theminimalists.com slash tour to find a city near you. If you have a question, comment, or minimalism tip for our podcast, email a voice memo to podcast at theminimalists.com. You can comment on this episode at youtube.com slash theminimalist. And if you want our show notes in your inbox, sign up for our email list over at theminimalists.com. You'll also receive our simple Sunday emails whenever we send those. And if you leave here today... With just one message. Let it be this. Love people and use things. Because the opposite never works. Thanks for listening, y'all. We'll see you next time.